Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security and tech-focused podcast that looks at the ideas, patterns, and models that help you thrive in a changing world. All right, welcome to episode 373. This is Daniel Meisler, and happy Monday. Starting off with my work, I've got a new essay out called SPQA, the AI-based architecture that will replace most existing software. This is one of the most important essays I think I've ever written, and I would love if you would check it out. It is on the website. And we've also got a sponsored interview with Collide. We interviewed Jason Miller, who is the founder and CEO of Collide. And Collide is essentially zero trust for Okta. So whenever you authenticate via Okta, it checks to make sure that your computer that you're using is approved according to policy. So if you don't have an updated browser or whatever it is, you can't get on. So that is that conversation. And with that, we get into security news. So first thing is the SVB crash analysis. So here are the major points on the SVB situation. And there's so much writing about this. I just wanted to do a quick set of bullets. So Silicon Valley Bank was used by a massive percentage of Silicon Valley startups. They had unsafe investments in mortgages that went sour due to the housing crash. When people started realizing it was going bad, they rushed to withdraw their funds. And the bank didn't have enough money to cover people's withdrawals, so the bank went under. And yesterday, Sunday, the government stepped in and said they would cover all withdrawals, not just the ones that were FDIC protected. And if this had not happened, there was broad consensus that it would have triggered a widespread run on all banks, or pretty much 99% of banks, basically banks that were not strategically important banks, SIBs. And it just could have been bad. It could have been like potentially the worst banking crash in history, or at least U.S. history. And questions remain on how this wasn't addressed sooner and what can be done to stop it from happening in the future. So I'm sure we'll continue to hear more about this for weeks to come. Analysis of the new cybersecurity strategy. So Krebs did a full analysis on this new strategy that was really good, but I've got a few bullets here. So they're looking to focus on getting companies to take responsibility for their vulnerabilities in their software, which is fantastic. It all comes down to the details, right? How they actually implement that. A framework that companies can use to show that they're actually trying to adopt that, right? So basically a responsibility framework or a set of controls that would indicate that they're taking security seriously. We've got a million of those. Again, it all comes down to, does it actually work? An explicit call out of China as the most active and dangerous cyber threat. IoT security product labels. We've been talking about that for a long time as well. Expansion of the National Cyber Investigative Joint Task Force. Expanding Trump's EO13984, which required cloud services to identify foreign groups using their services. And then we've got Lawfare's analysis, which broke it down like this. I actually like these categories a lot. Defend infrastructure, disrupt and dismantle threat actors, shape market forces to drive security and resilience, invest in a resilient future, and forge international partnerships. I like those headings a lot. Next story here, Cerebral Mental Health Startup shared data with Meta, TikTok, and Google. So they shared names, dates of birth, insurance information, and worst of all, the contents of mental health self-evaluation forms. And they shared all this with, like, the worst people, TikTok, Facebook, you know, Meta, and uh, Google. 
This is just insane. And it was 3.1 million patients of the company. Okay, our sponsor Collide has the big news. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How would they do that? Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, which is device compliance. If a device isn't compliant, the user can't log in to your cloud apps until they've fixed the problem. It's that simple. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browsers up to date. Unsecured devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. It's actually my favorite part of this whole thing. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts the user and gives them instructions on how to fix it. And if they don't fix the problem within a certain amount of time, the device is blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance with your company's policy. Visit Collide dot com slash unsupervised learning that's k-o-l-i-d-e dot com slash unsupervised learning to learn more and book a demo mandian says chinese attackers are hitting unpatched sonic wall sma 100 series gateways and infecting them with credential stealing malware that persists through reboots and firmware upgrades an attacker known as kernelware dropped a 12 gigabyte bundle of data from acronis a data protection company the archive included certificate files, command logs, system configurations, system information logs, archives of their file system, Python scripts, and backup configurations. They said they were bored and the company's security was dog shit, so they wanted to humiliate them. $11 million was stolen via AI voice scams in 2022, and I expect that number is highly too low uh, or underestimated, and that it's massively going to go up in 2023 and the latest thing is using voice spoofing of loved ones and adding that to the scam so you basically do the scam in the voice of somebody they care about which is really nasty especially if you're targeting older people who basically their whole life is their family bao fan is the latest chinese billionaire to disappear from the public sphere and the questions are becoming louder my analysis is that this is great for the West and for the United States. Best possible outcome right now for China's enemies is for China to continue with this policy, which will quietly push anyone talented and smart out of China and towards the West. And Fortinet has patched 15 different flaws, including a 9.3 rated issue in the 40 OS and 40 proxy admin interfaces that allow for RCE and DOS. Technology news. Llama on an M1 Mac, 64 gigabytes. So Lawrence Chen got the leaked Llama LLM running on an M1-based Mac. And I think it's about to become trivially easy to have your very own AI running at home. And that's both glorious and super scary. What happens when people start asking it how to attack people or create bioweapons or a million other things? Like the whole AI safety thing doesn't really matter if you have like Companies like OpenAI being very careful and hiring big teams and just being so meticulous about AI safety. In the meantime, you have Meta leaking their giant model, which is very similar to OpenAI's. Better in some cases, not as good in other cases, whatever. But the point is, like, these things will just keep getting better and they'll keep getting leaked. So if the whole world has this and you can run it on any Mac, like, what does it matter if you have AI safety groups inside of OpenAI or Google or Meta or wherever? Like proliferation 
right? That's the problem here. Same, same with biotech, same with nuclear, same with all these different technologies that are super destructive. The problem is when everybody has it, right? And with nuclear, it's like, well, you have to refine uranium. So that, that's good news because it's hard for people to do that, obviously. And that's not going to be the case with AI, right? You're going to have these, these models. They're big, right? It's multiple gigabytes. They're pretty big. But if you could just run it at home on a computer and you could ask it anything, you could ask it to make any sort of content. You can ask it to work on any problem, which is super, you know, evil, essentially. This is, this is serious, serious problem right here. Next one here, Nick St. Pierre gets something called additive prompting working to create some stunning interior design and architecture photography. So this one, he essentially shows all his prompts and they are extremely detailed and it produces like the best looking internal design, internal architecture, not internal interior. And they just look fantastic. They look like they're out of a magazine and I, I presume he's using this in his work but really cool stuff. And I especially enjoy that he's sharing all his prompts. And AI is becoming the most sought after feature inside of all companies, but I'm especially happy that it came to Discord so quickly. So Discord has rolled out AI integration and its integration creates something called Clyde. So you do at Clyde, which is an AI bot that you can chat with for fun, or you could do stuff like, you know, create channels, organize a meetup, that kind of stuff. Human news. Andrew Huberman has some advice for adjusting to daylight savings times. Savings time. Yeah. DST. I thought this was going away. I thought this was like, I thought we did the last one last time. I wish that had gone through because this is annoying. So he says uh, to get up easily at the new time tomorrow and thereafter, stack these especially potent circadian rhythm clock phase shifters. One, view sunlight before the sun is overhead even if it's through cloud cover and two exercise ideally outside before 2 PM. So that is get sunlight before it's overhead and exercise before 2 PM. American IQs just declined for the first time in almost 100 years. And one theory is that education is worse, but researchers are not exactly sure of the cause. So around 40% of software engineers only want to work remotely. Hired did a study and found this. That's uh, that's a lot. It's almost half. And analysis of mental health data across gender and political affiliation shows that liberal girls had the worst hit to mental health of all the different combinations. Ideas and analysis. What about data science? What's going to happen to data science when GPTs and whatever comes after GPTs takes over, right? So the major advantage of having data scientists was the fact that they could wrangle unwieldy data into a usable form and they could help us ask questions. But don't GPTs largely do a lot of this for us, especially those like ChatGPT that are designed to interact with humans. So I think there's about to be a giant whooshing sound coming from the data science field. And to be clear, the people themselves are highly skilled and many will be able to pivot into other things like building GPT-based apps, maybe in the SPQA space, like I talked about in my recent essay, or they'll become AI whisperers. But the field itself of data science seems a bit antiquated, which is crazy because it was only around for like 45 minutes. 
right? Just in the last few years, and here it is already going away. It's very strange. Notes. Congrats to Charles Bloss in the community for winning the UL Referral AirPods 2 giveaway from February. I'm actually getting them engraved for him. Engraved or marked, I'm not sure exactly what they call that. But I'm going to put his initials on them, and I'm going to give them to him in person this week. We have a member of the UL community who's looking for his next marketing job. He's not just an experienced marketer, but he's also super sharp on current technologies and overall highly curious about the world. Talk to him a lot inside the community. And if you're a scrappy startup looking for an edge, you can reply to the email. Just reach out to me any sort of way on Twitter or whatever, and I will get you two in touch. And I think I need to start looking for a GPU rig. With the release of Llama, I feel like similar models will continue to be built and or leaked. And it'll soon be possible for you to have your own version of something ChatGPT-like running for your own use. And yeah, I am worried about this, but it doesn't matter. I mean, everyone's going to do it, so that includes me. Um, so the question is, what's the best way to build a box that changes together like four massive GPUs? Or would it be better to just purchase that kind of technology in the cloud? I, I'm disinclined to do that because I actually, the whole point for me is I want it running locally, right? So that's what I'm most excited about. So I will be getting the Mac Pro when it comes out with the M2 or M3 architecture, probably the three nanometer architecture. It's going to be completely insane. And here's one advantage of doing these on the new Macs. So the GPUs on the new Macs, they can use the integrated memory of the entire system. So it's SOC, which means system on a chip, which means all the memory. So if you get a, let's say the Mac Pro has a maximum of 256 gigabytes of memory, which wouldn't surprise me this new Mac Pro coming out. Um, in fact, I think it's already higher than that for the previous ones. I think maybe like half a terabyte of memory was possible before. Can't remember the numbers, but let's say 100 gigabytes of memory or 200 gigabytes of memory, whatever it is, 500 gigabytes. All that memory can be used for the GPU functionality. That's what's so crazy about the new Macs. So I might end up getting like just a dedicated Mac just for doing GPU stuff. Who knows? Anyway. This is super exciting, and I can't wait to uh, get this running. I, I've got, you know, newer architecture stuff lying around here, so I might just uh, try this out soon. Discovery. Llama Index. Llama Index is a simple, flexible interface between your external data and LLMs. Provides the following tools in easy-to-use fashion. So it offers data connectors to your existing data sources. It provides indices of your unstructured and structured data for use with LLMs and provides a user interface to query the index to feed in a prompt. And this is by Jerry Liu. CodeGPT.NVim is a NeoVim plugin that allows you to call OpenAI to do code completion, refactoring, create documentation, all kinds of stuff. And this is by Darby Payne. And writeout.ai, give it an audio file and it'll output a transcript. Although should probably be using Whisper for this, but it's cool. It's already got a GUI. It's a cool, uh, already completed tool. Next one here, got how to YubiKey, a guide to YubiKey configurations. Got a question here, who blew up the Nord Stream pipelines? Really good article there from the New York Times. And a really sad one here, physics girl is in bad shape due to complications from COVID. She can't even get out of bed right now. 
she's on oxygen and this is a YouTube update from her friend. And it was, uh, yeah, super heartbreaking. I, I think physics girl is one of the best things in science right now. And recommendation of the week, kindness based TV. So I highly recommend you watch two shows from someone you might not expect. And that's Ricky Gervais. So the two shows are afterlife and Derek, uh, D E R E K Derek. And these are both on Netflix and they are the most wonderfully human TV shows that I've ever seen. And I cannot recommend them enough. Just rewatch them with my partner and she absolutely loved them as well. And the aphorism for the week, the future is always beginning now. The future is always beginning now. Mark Spand. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.